the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. program is dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God family, country. Friends, it's great to be with you today as we are still early in a new year. We're into February already and getting deeply into February. We have a great show for you. Of course, one of the aspects of February is it's the day when we celebrate President's Day. President's Day is we be celebrated tomorrow, actually. And part of our program will be, once again, my comments concerning, I think, um, well, you know, my favorite president and, and you know, I would say um, probably not either arguably or inarguably our greatest president, George Washington. And I want to talk a little bit more about George Washington and on, on today's program, and we'll do that starting in just a few minutes. And we have some other great guests as well. I'll share about them a little bit later. First of all, before we do, of course, I want to remind you and, of course, let you know that Christner's Prime and Steak and Lobster Roger Franklin Williams show is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. And I want to relay to you uh, the thanks from the Christner family for the support um, that um, that you've given them, especially over this Valentine's Day. Um, and I call it Valentine's season. In fact, the people are still setting reservations and going to Christner's to celebrate Valentine's Day. And you can still do that. It doesn't have to be exactly on the exact day at least if, as long as that's, of course, with your Valentine's. But Christmas had another extraordinary Valentine's um, evening, uh, Valentine's weekend, and they've asked me to relay their thanks to you for uh, contributing to that success. Also want to give you an update on the Thompson Jewelers 2024 Sweetheart Shopping Spree. We did select the winner for that this week, and he, he went over and had a, um, nice, of course, a nice visit to Thompson Jewelers. I want to thank the Tom, the uh, the Thompson Jewelers family and everyone, Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers, and everyone uh, at Thompson Jewelers for their support for their their contribution to a and their for a wonderful Valentine's um, promotion and for helping to make Valentine's a special day for not just the winner of our thousand dollar shopping spree but for all those that were able to participate in the 44 percent off as well and even for those that that uh, just went and got their valent you know shopped at valentine's thompson's for valentine's day uh, right now i want to once again talk a little bit more about george washington the man his his legacy as president why he's such a an important and central figure why specifically i just as of what i just said 
He's my favorite president, and he's the most significant president in American history. Um, I want to, uh, right now, though, talk more about his role as General Washington as the head of the Continental Army, because that was the first first step of his being the ind- indispensable man, and that was his leadership and incredible perseverance, and I was and, and skill in leading the Continental Army, which was basically just a, a, a basically a rabble. The, the British always referred to him as a rabble. Um, of of underfed, underclothed, undertrained, um, you know, it's hard to even even call most of them soldiers or many of them soldiers of 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 people, you know, guys fighting for liberty uh, against what at the time was certainly one of the two most powerful armies in the world. Um, so any, so I want to talk especially about that right now, and one of the as, as I look back, one of the things that I mistakes that I think sometimes I make when talking about George Washington is trying to cover all of the extraordinary things that he did, all of his extraordinary accomplishments, uh, the extraordinary ways, the numerous voluminous ways that he contributed to, first of all, American independence, winning the war against the British, gaining independence, and then, of course, secondly, the incredible role um, in, at the Constitutional Convention in establishing our Constitution. Uh, many uh, who, know, um, who, are, who know who are expert on the establishment of the Constitution say that George Washington was the indispensable man there. Now, his role there was to preside over the, the ceremonies. He was unanimously selected to do that. And he, you know, during the meetings, he didn't really comment uh, much, if at all. He was more of a, you know, the the person orchestrating and holding the meetings. But from, you know, if you study more, you'll learn that George Washington was highly influential um, in the evenings and in personal discussions and in smaller meetings off of the floor of the Constitutional Convention in guiding that process. Um, and, of course, it's, it's well known that James Madison is largely con- uh, is, is credited being essentially the, 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 um, the primary contributor to the or even the father of the United States Constitution in the same way that uh, Thomas Jefferson was of of the the author of the the author of uh, uh, of the Declaration of Independence and and of course Gouverneur Morris played a, a a crucial role as well and, and many others but but anyway Washington was was there he was the leader if you will of the uh, Constitutional Convention he presided over it and um, that was another in, in, incredibly um, it goes without saying influential thing that George Washington did accomplishment and then of course. The role that he played as president of the United States, establishing m- many of the precedents for the office of the presidency, um, establishing the way that um, the, the president would conduct business. A- and then, of course, the other things uh, that, that need to be mentioned, and this is where I often get off track, but uh, this, the, the fact that after he led the Continental Army and, and the um, their, their 13 colonies to victory over um, the British and were able, and, and which led us to being able to gain independence and, and create the United States of America. He surrendered his sword and, of course, returned military power back to the civilian leaders, the leaders of the, of the government. And that is virtually unprecedented in human, human history, literally, 
for the strong man, if you will, the leader of the army, the leader of the military, to voluntarily relinquish that role back to civilian authority and then to retire and go back home to his normal life. Um, an extraordinary achievement um, that that was recognized worldwide uh, for, for many, many years, and especially at the time. Then later did the same exact thing once he had become president after serving two terms. He, res- he you know, re- declined to seek office for a third term, which it's uh, universally accepted. He would once again have been overwhelmingly elected and returned to civilian life, to, to, which established one of the most indispensable and extraordinary elements of the United States of America is the concept of, of the peaceful transition of power, to transfer power from one leader to another peacefully. Um, and that's exactly what he did with, with uh, and, you know, t- John Adams was a man who was elected to the, the second president. He had been Washington's vice president, but for, but it was once again, another unprecedented move in human history, essentially for the leader of the government to, to walk away from that role, um, to go back to civilian life and to turn the authority back over to, to the people. Um, and in this specific case, you know, we had a, a, an orderly process set up. Uh, another presidential election was conducted and then transfer that power over to, to hand over the reins, if you will, to the next man who was elected. So anyway, that's um, some of the things that have to go on the record. But for, and for the, the, the moments we have um, here before our next break, I want to talk about, go back to his role as the leader of the Continental Army. And I think one thing that that really gets lost unless you really study um, a lot about the the Revolutionary War in terms of reading books and their analysis of extraordinary YouTube videos, lectures by people like um, David McCullough, you know, who wrote the you know, who wrote the you know, incredible book 1776, who's certainly a George Washington expert, um, many many others um, on the leadership of. Of George Washington, of course, you, you know there are numerous, you know, uh, uh, volumes of book, voluminous, voluminous volumes of books that you can read. But the point is, you kind of have to dig deeper than what you what we learned in school to really understand the dynamics of the of the of the Revolutionary War and understand how extraordinarily at what an incredible disadvantage uh, the the Americans, if the Patriots were at uh, and Washington was able to 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 just <laughs> I would say miraculously with God's blessing which he always acknowledged uh, to pull it all together to first of all just keep an army in the field which was incredibly dif- difficult to and then to uh, to um, just to sustain was a monumental achievement uh, there were there was no funding source from the uh, Continental Congress. Continental Congress didn't have the power to tax the country. So, you know, basically the, the there was no no source to fund the, the war basically. It had to be done on on contributions and individual fundraising. And uh, and um you know contributions from the various 13 colonies which was very difficult to get. Of course France came in and and they played a crucial role in giving us millions and millions of dollars, but even that um wasn't put us anywhere near on 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 level with the British. So the point is, Washington's leadership, I mean, 
it's it's literally mind-boggling to even fathom how he was able to even keep the army together, first of all. Secondly, to win enough battles um, and make enough strategic retreats to to keep the army alive. And then you know, just to, to sustain to the point where we were able to find, once we did get help from the French, have that final climatic huge battle uh, at the Battle of Yorktown, which essentially led to, uh, was, you know, led to the, the British just at that point just saying, look, this isn't worth it. <laughs> Let's just let them go. Um, and I do want to make one point about that, too. Another thing that kind of frustrates me, the more I learn about the, the Battle of, of, of Yorktown and, and, the, and the final years of the Revolutionary War, is that the cursory look um, that, that, you, that we get, unless we dig deeper, about the Battle of the Yorktown was okay. Everything was over after the Battle of Yorktown. That did it. Um, you know, British, you know, just you know, went on back to England and and you know, declared us the winner. No, that's not the case at all. The war continued to drag on for for almost two more years. You know, the Treaty of Paris wasn't signed until um, l- later in, in, in late in, in 1783. So Washington continue, had to continue to keep the army together, uh, which was not no easy feat at all. Um, you know, and we don't even have time to get into that right now. Um, almost had a massive revolt of the officer corps because they hadn't been paid in years. Um, <laughs> just to to keep keep the army together and keep the whole thing together after the battle, the victory at the Battle of Yorktown. So his leadership. Um, I, it, there's, miraculous is the word that I have, have for it. Uh, Washington was able to perform literally miracles just to keep the Continental Army together, to persevere, keep persevering under the most adverse circumstances until we were able to achieve uh, vic- victory at Yorktown and then the final, um, yeah, till the British just kind of threw it through in the towel. Um, and I'll just say one more thing about that before we have to go to break, and that is, one of the, the the major things he had to deal with early on were the fact, of course, you know there were there were there was no real officer corps, and anybody in the officers were were were, were inexperienced, um, and the other major, the other the the top generals, if you will, that he had to rely on, two of his most experienced generals, if you know, arguably the most experienced generals, um, were um, Horatio Gates and Charles Lee both um, from England, basically, and who they'd come over and joined our side, both of those um, who, who you know, Washington had to certainly rely on dramatically in the early stages of the war were overtly disloyal to George Washington. They were both overtly campaigning um, and lobbying Congress, literally, um, and in some cases with, with gathering quite a bit of support to to supplant Washington. And, and overthrow Washington as the leader. So the guys that he most uh, had to, they had to rely on most in the early stages of the war, uh, to, to as as other supporting you know, experienced generals, they were trying to stab him in the back and, and take over things for themselves. So it, it's it's almost impossible to list the number of adversities that George Washington had to deal with, um, and somehow he did it. Of course, with the with the, through his faith. And God, and through His uh, the God's blessing, was able to persevere. But the point is, I can't imagine any human, literally, who's ever lived, and that's no exaggeration or overstatement, who was able to navigate so many monumental difficulties and problems 
and still achieve success at the end. And of course, success at the end meant that America, the, the United States of America was born and we gained our independence from Great Britain. Well, friends, it's time for our first break. We'll take that break right now and, and we'll be right back in just a moment. Please stay with us. You're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show presented by Chris Nurse. I'm Stephen Lobster. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, presented by Chris Nurse, Prime Steak and Lobster. Great to be joining you today. We'll continue our discussion here in honor of President's Day and specifically George Washington's birthday, which is February 22nd. Um, just sharing some things about George Washington, mostly things that I've learned after I was in school. Um, through continuing to read about this extraordinary man and his life. And I'd like to share those with you. Um, before we go back to that, I want to, of course, let you know that and give a sh- the Roger Franklin Williams Show is sponsored by our friends over at Miller's Sod Sales and let you know that the great people at Miller's Sod Sales strive to do their best people best for every customer every time. Miller's Sod Sales takes great pride in their clean, well-maintained equipment, their honest, dependable work, and their fresh quality sod. Now that we are in a brand new year, 2024, let Miller Sod Sales green up your life. Family owned and operated since 1995. You can find out more at John Miller Trucking and Sod Sales.com. That's John Miller Trucking and Sod Sales.com. Before we go further, of course, as we celebrate a wonderful patriotic holiday, President's Day, coming up on Monday and George Washington's birthday specifically. I want you to know about another great bunch of patriots, and those are the guys over at Sheeler Auto Repair. And especially as we begin a new year, if you or anyone you know are looking to start a new year with a, an auto repair shop that you can trust and that is dependable, I urge you to contact my friends, Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. I've been taking it there for now going on 22 years. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail. A popkin, please tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now I'd like to go back to our uh, discussion of George Washington and just some of the very few reasons why I you know, ha- have such extraordinary respect for this great man. And it, once, we, once again, we're, we're focusing right now on his leadership as General Washington, the leader of the Continental Army, and pick it up where we left off when we went to break. Um, you know, in addition to being underfed, underclothed, undertrained, just depending literally on a bunch of volunteers probably 95% of them who had no military experience whatsoever uh, and trying to trying to you know, craft a national army out of that and go up against and fight the, at least one of the two best and arguably the best army in the world at the time, uh, the British Redcoat Army. Um, that's, that was Washington's task. I mean, just to think and, 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 and forget about the fact that they had the one of the two best navies in the world at the time. We didn't even have a navy. So when you just think about that for a minute and digest it, I mean, the, the task that they were trying to accomplish 
seem to be literally impossible. I mean, for a rational person would say that this task is literally impossible. So that's kind of the scenario. That, that's, that's the landscape, if you will. Um, you know, I said before, totally underfunded, no funding source. You know, thankfully, we were able to, with a lot of hard work, um, great diplomacy by, by Benjamin Franklin, um, get this reliant, reliant and, and as a result of the, battle, the victory at the Battle of Saratoga, get the support of the, of the French. And, and that, that was crucial, obviously, for a number of reasons, especially from the, the financing point of it. But still, we were grossly underfunded, and that didn't even, that didn't even happen until two or three years into the war. So Washington had to try to get this thing off the ground, try to sustain an army um, with, with basically no money, <laughs> essentially. Uh, and, and the so-called army were a bunch of guys that never never fought before, uh, completely untrained. Now, and another part of that, you know, very difficult equation was that the few leaders, other officers, generals, you know, general officers, that he had to rely on, that had some experience, um, were overtly disloyal to George Washington. Uh, the two most prominent of those were Her- General Horatio Gates, General Charles Lee, both of whom had originally been British. They they uh, you know, chose they they threw over they threw in with America um, for various reasons uh, in this quest, and b- both of them uh, were. were b- looked down on George Washington. They felt they had greater experience. Hey, they're, they're the people that had been in the British Army. They, they knew they knew how to lead men. They knew how to win battles. They knew how to win wars um, and, and were overtly disloyal to George Washington. So that was another thing he had to deal with. I mean, you would hope that if you're in this kind of dire straits kind of a situation, you'd at least have some loyal subordinates <laughs> that you could count on. You know, Washington didn't even have that. I mean, he had to try to try to cobble together this rabble, literally, um, to, to try to fight the most powerful, arguably the most powerful ar- army in the world, uh, the most powerful empire in the world. And he had to do it while other pe- key people in his organization that he had to count on, uh, other leading t- generals were, uh, were basically trying to stab him in the back and take, over, take his job. And certainly Gates was very skillful at playing the political game. And one thing that isn't widely known, I don't think, is that uh, Horatio Gates, General Horatio Gates, who was obviously a very savvy political player. In fact, I'm not an expert on Gates, but other than know how disloyal he is. um, But basically, historians whom I respect characterized Gates as somebody who was was a brilliant administrative general. He was brilliant with the with the organization, the paperwork, the organizing, which is very important, um, very important in, in, in leading an army, um, but was 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 not a fighter and, and was not someone who could win an actual win actual battles. Uh, and that was proven at the Battle of Camden when he literally turned and ran and rode off and let, left his army behind um, when they were routed at the, the the Patriots were routed at the Battle of Camden, which was a very important battle at the time um, in around 1781, 1780, 1781. So, but, but, but the point of this is Horatio Gates was, was skilled at playing the administrative game. He was skilled at playing the political game and he lobbied um, Congress um, unshamedly, unashamedly, he and aggressively he had support in in the Continental Congress 
uh, largely a lot of the Massachusetts, for some very influential people, Samuel Adams uh, was a supporter of Gates. Uh, from what I understand, John Adams um, you know, certainly was at least sympathetic to Gates. Um, I don't think John Adams ever turned on Washington, but, um, but I, think, I think he had respect for Gates as well. Um, uh, Benjamin Rush was a big Gates advocate. So, I mean, so, so Gates, w- w- uh, in addition to all the other extreme headaches that Washington had to deal with, trying to lead an un- uh, unfunded, um, inexperienced army of volunteers, many of whom, literally many of whom, a uh, large percentage of whom were still in their teens, um, trying to pull through that together um, to fight the British. He had to deal with overt, overt disloyalty from at least two of the two of the the generals that he had to had to count on in the early phases of the war. So that's just the reason I get into that uh, that specifically. One, that's not something that's widely known, and two, it just it just shows the magnitude of the incredible obstacles that George Washington had to deal with. Um, and and he was able to to overcome uh, eventually uh, and navigate successfully. And I think the core of it, the core of it was his incredible perseverance. I mean, the more you learn about the, the, the Revolutionary War, about the Continental Army, about Washington's leadership, the obstacles that he had to face, the word that comes to mind is, is perseverance. Washington was able to persevere, and I don't know how he did it, under circumstances that I don't can imagine anybody else. I think almost any, any normal rational human would at some point thrown in the towel and just said, this isn't, we're just not able to pull this off. Um, so, but, but that's, that's one more thing that I think that one more reason that, and it's a reason I don't think is, 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 is as well known as, as the, the hundreds of other reasons that we should all be aware of when we talk about George Washington and his leadership. Cause of course, if the continental army doesn't, ultimately prevail if they don't just drag this thing out so long that the British just finally just, it became such a headache for them. They just said, okay, 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 just go. All right, just go. <laughs> um, um, I mean, that's what happened. Um, it, it, it became such a liability. It became so expensive for the British. They had other things to deal with, um, you know, worldwide. Uh, they had other, other battles even going on other military conflicts going on. They finally just, just threw in the towel. Well, the reason they did um, after the Battle of Yorktown, but again, two years after the Battle of Yorktown, that, that was like a two-year process, um, you know, that never would have happened without George Washington's just extraordinary perseverance, just to persevere through through all, all this, slog through all these incredible obstacles, big and small. And I would I would suggest that the reason he was able to do it, uh, the number one reason was his 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 faith in God. And you don't have to read a whole lot about George Washington or read a whole lot of, of his own writings to, to know that because he was constantly talking about seeking the favor of providence and thanking providence for uh, for the blessings that he had. Uh, which included, of course, such things as the victory at, at the Battle of Trenton um, and the ability to be able to persevere through all these incredible obstacles. So today we once again remember George Washington and honor his birthday, which is fe- fe- February the 22nd. And, and of course, we celebrate President's Day as well. Well, friends, we're going to take another break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show.
Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation, our brief conversation about the many extraordinary abilities and talents of George Washington and the incredible role that he played, the indispensable role on numerous, for numerous reasons and on numerous levels, the indispensable role he did in, in creating our country, the United States of America. Now we're going to shift gears rather dramatically, and we've inter- we'll introduce our next guest in just a moment. Before we do, I want to, of course, give a shout out to the great guys up at Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair. And as we begin a new year, and as spring is not too far away now, I want to, of course, let you know that Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair is our one-stop headquarters for all of our lawn and garden needs. Among other things, Apopka Moore sells only the best power equipment products and lawnmowers in the business. You can find out more about them at apopkamower.com. That's apopkamower.com. Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. It's where they sell the best and they fix the rest. And I also want to let you know, of course, once again, remind you that our program and all the programs you hear right here on AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, are supported by our friends at Florida Door Solutions. They support our messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system. So when you have garage door problems, don't forget, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. And you can find them at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. Now, our next guest, I'm very pleased to be joined by our next guest. He's a good friend. He's also um, an experienced fitness trainer. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And he's also a former starting defensive end for the Penn State Nittany Lions back in the Joe Paterno era. So he is a certified old schooler, and he's got the credentials to prove it. I'm talking about our friend Steve Prue. Steve, great to see you. Thanks for coming over. Oh, Roger, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And I, Steve, I, yeah, first of all, let me share, and I haven't talked about this yet with our, with our friends on the radio, but Steve has been influential in my life. I've worked out with Steve for the over the past year now. Yeah. Um, you know, I got after um, being in shape at one time and, and having the influence of our of our mutual friend Jim Flanagan. Uh, going back to my days uh, in the Rollins College baseball program back yeah. when I was 18, I got off to a great start in terms of fitness uh, with Jim's leadership, the leadership of coach, our coach at Rollins, Coach Boyd Coffey. But over the years, sadly, got out of shape and um, made a commitment um, You know, at the end of 2022 to get back into into shape. Um, Jim referred me to, to Steve. And uh, Steve, I want to let you know, it's been great to work out with you and, and literally Working out with you and having you, your leadership and your your knowledge and your expertise into helping me has been one of the best things in my life in in the past two or three decades, literally. Well, thank you, and uh, that's your effort has been huge in uh, in moving you forward to, to meet the goals that you've wanted to meet uh, when we're working out, and uh, it's been a, it's been a great experience. So we'll, we'll continue. I hope. <laughs> And I want to yeah share about it with 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 our, with our friends, our listeners. Um, and can you talk about Steve? You know, 
just what what are some so, some tips first of all that you know, very general things that somebody who's not working out right now maybe they have in the past maybe they haven't but what are some very basic things people can just start to do to to start to get a little bit more active and 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 first of all improve their health uh, Roger there's problem there's a lot of things that they can do just to get started whether it's uh, some daily cardio work for example getting getting out walking running making it a combination of the two things just to get started and uh, get the heart rate up uh, uh, burn some uh, some calories uh, and do it on a consistent basis uh, you don't have to you don't have to uh, to go 15 20 miles anything like that but just get out walking uh, then maybe going to a little bit of a jog and then picking up a little bit more, increasing the cardio and a little bit of running to help your uh, cardio work go. It's a, it's a the, great the, way to get going. It's great insights. And, of course, if you want to take the next step, and that's that's exactly what, what I did to get a little bit started. And I think the key that, that you mentioned there is, is just consistency. And, and with walking, it's not that hard to do based on, on some other things. And, and frankly, uh, you're walking from what – all the doctor advice that I hear and read um, is one of the best things you actually can do. Absolutely. Um, and it, it, if you make it consistent, it'll, it'll get easy. And now when I say it gets easy, it, you know, you're going to work it a little bit harder, but uh, it, when you, it, it's like anything else that we do. When you, when you put your mind to uh, uh, achieving a goal as you begin to do a little more, a little more work each time, it's going to get to be a little bit easier to do it, and the results will begin to show. And, and then, of course, um, when you're ready for that next step, you could get together with someone like Steve. I would actually recommend Steve um, to do uh, you know some some weight training, uh, some resistance, anaerobic activity, yep. and and that's crucial too because that'll really help help you maintain your muscle structure. Um, and, you know, that's one thing our friend Jim Flanagan talks about so much is you see people uh, that begin to have a trouble walk, walk difficulty yep. walking, difficulty getting up and down. Yep. Um, and and it, one of the crucial steps to helping maintain, you know, us maintain our ability to walk and to be ambulatory and, and, to, and, to, and to be able to, have to move and be independent is is weight training. Without, without a doubt. Uh, and it helps as you can continue to increase what you do, you have an opportunity to increase your muscle mass, uh, increase your strength, and uh, that'll roll, you can roll that over into the cardio part. And it's, um, it, as you uh, go and do more and more each time, it's going to become easier for you to continue it and do more work. And as a practical matter, that you know, doing just a little weight training, and, and once again, and I, you know, if you have a great trainer like Steve, you know, it's not something where it's going to be, you're going to be wiped out, if you will. I mean, I think some people are hesitant because they're just like, well, gee, I don't know if I can even handle this. Yeah. But, but, it, but, you know, if you have a good advisor and a good trainer, like Steve Prue, you, you can you can go. You. you can start with baby steps. You can yeah. work at your own pace. And, and, and as, as Steve just said, consistency is the key to the whole thing. You bet. And uh, as you as you do move forward, you will notice that your 
you can your strength will increase, your cardio will increase, and you'll begin to step up the workouts, and the results are going to show. Friends, we're glad you're joining us on the Roger Frank and Williams right now. Right now, we're speaking with fitness expert Steve Prue, spelled P-R-U-H. <laughs> Susie, okay, P-R-U-E, <laughs> had it wrong. Steve Prue, and I would highly recommend, Steve, if you want to you know, take that next step and, 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 and get involved and, and have a, an excellent fitness trainer, uh, Steve Prue, P-R-U-E. And Steve is also, My apologies. Uh, also a former um, starting defensive end for the Penn State Nittany Lions. He had a great career playing under Joe, Coach Joe Paterno, and we're going to talk to him about that hopefully a little bit as well. Um, but before we do, Steve, I would, Steve, I'd like to just say, ask you, you know, in terms of what led you to to want to be a, a fitness trainer and, and how, how you know, get started in that and, and, and help people in this way. Um, it really started at, at Penn. Actually, uh, where I grew up uh, and when I was a senior in high school and we didn't have weight training programs, so one of my uh, one of my high school teammates went to Boston College or Boston University, and he got into lifting. So I started lifting with him, and then I just from there it progressed. When I got to Penn State, believe it or not, we we did not have a weight training program at Penn State in 1967. So. I picked some up from my my buddy, learned to do that, and basically uh, my work in the gym was a result of me pushing myself uh, with one or two of the other guys and doing that. Yep, and it certainly paid off. You became a starting defensive end for the Nittany Lions. In fact, Steve's career was 1966 to 1970. Yep. Of course, that was back in the days when your freshman year, freshman didn't play Absolutely. on the varsity. Um, but he also was a starter in 1970. Uh, he lines with seven and three. He, he was a member of the undefeated team the year before that yep. and had great teammates like Franco Harris and Jack Ham and Lydell Mitchell. And um, we're going to take a little break here in just a moment. And we might hopefully we'll be back to, to continue talking with Steve Prue, um, fitness trainer and and Penn State football alumni from the Joe Paterno era on the Roger Franklin Williams show. Before we go to that break, of course, I want to once again uh, let you know that Roger Franklin Williams show is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. And thank you for all who went over to Christner's over the Valentine's season. Um, they've had a tremendous success. It's been another tremendously successful Valentine's season at Christner's. And the Christner family asked me to convey their thanks to all who joined them over Valentine's Day and made that possible. Another successful Valentine's season possible. Well, friends, we're going to do a quick break. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Hope you're enjoying the program today. We are acknowledging President's Day. Hope you enjoyed the conversation a little bit earlier. Is my thought share my thoughts about George Washington and his incredibly indispensable leadership in our country. 
help found it, getting it founded. Um, and then also right now we have shifted gears. We're talking fitness and we're talking some old school football as well with our guest, Steve Prue. Steve Prue is a fitness trainer. In fact, he's my fitness trainer, as you may have heard in our previous segment. He does an outstanding job. He's made a phenomenally positive impact in my life. I'm happy to have him share a little bit of fitness tips with you today and also reminisce about his excellent football career. He was a starting defensive end at Penn State for coach, coaching legend Joe Paterno. Um, his senior year was 1970, where he played with great players and who later went on to be NFL stars such as Franco Harris, Jack Ham, Lydell Mitchell, and another, other outstanding college and, and NFL players. Um, we're also joined right now in the studio by Brian Paldon, founder of co-founder of the Mad Legs Senior Showcase, and we'll be talking with Brian a little bit later. Um, but before, before we go back to to Steve and Brian, of course, I want to remind you that our program is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster, and Christner's is where you'll find generous servings of prime beef and cold water Australian lobster served in an atmosphere of old school elegance and sophistication. And now, Steve, I'd like to you know, go from talking about fitness right now to talk about your career at Penn State. And it had to be, first of all, an incredible experience to be at Penn State at that time. You know, as I mentioned earlier, your junior year, uh, the Nittany Lions went undefeated, ranked number two in the country, and that's somewhat controversial because Coach Paterno <laughs> thought you should have been ranked number one. <laughs> Texas was ranked number one that year. Um, but then also... Um, your senior year, you became a starting defensive end after a lot of hard work, you know, fitness, um, you know, hard work in the weight room. And you played with people like Jack Ham, as I said before, Franco Harris, Lydell Mitchell. But um, but first of all, can you just share a little bit about, about your, your journey at, at Penn State and especially, you know, working your way up the depth chart on a very talented team? Um, it, it, was, it was a great experience. And um, it was it was hard work, and we didn't. As I said earlier, we didn't have a, a weight program. I did that on my own, and uh, I. One of the stories I've shared with my buddies and uh, is, uh, I would uh, go to. Uh, we'd finish practice like in in the in the preseason, and uh, we'd go back to the dorms. And uh, so Jack Ham and I were good friends. We'd we'd play a little pinball and some other stuff up there. But I would tell Jack that I was going back to the dorm to see my wife. I was married at the time, and uh, I was heading to the gym. So uh-huh. after two days, I was going to the gym and I was working out at night when we did that. And that was how I pushed myself to to put some weight on to get bigger, to get stronger and, and, uh, and work harder at, at being able to play. And, uh, as you mentioned earlier, freshmen didn't play back then. So no matter how good they were. Yeah. So six, 67, um, 68, uh, it was like at the end of the, so the beginning of 68 freshmen got a little better chance to play. Jack Ham, for example, was uh, which who, who I love to. Uh, Roger had him on the show one day. We, I got him real good. So, uh, he uh, he was 
barely recruited out of high school. So we made a big deal out of busting them about about that. But the our, at the end of our freshman year, we had pre, uh, spring ball, came back for, you know, we started the spring practices, and uh, Jack uh, played uh, the, the first scrimmage in the spring, and that was the last time he ever saw anything other than a starting jersey. Sure. He was just fast, strong. He just, he was really, he's really good. And there's some great stories about him. Uh, Dan Radakovich was our linebacker coach. And uh, if you if you ask Jack who the greatest coach was that he ever had, he's going to tell you it was Dan Radakovich was. And there's a book out that Rad wrote and uh, Ham uh, helped uh, put out. And uh, Jack just, he was fast, he was quick, and he was smart. And he worked hard. He would, Rad would take him out before practice, throw down some pads, go get two punters, set them up. They'd snap the ball to the punter, and Jack had to, had to run and, and block the uh-huh. punts. And I, I he's, he holds a record at Penn State for block punts. And uh, the day Roger. Uh, had him on the show too. It was the day I called in Roger and I set it up, and uh, we were playing uh, West Virginia. They had two two really good backs, uh, Jim Braxton and uh, Gresham, and uh, they, they he blocked the ball. It bounced right up to me, yeah. and uh, I grabbed it and uh, Ham. Gresham was the only guy that Ham had to block. That's all he had to do. Just Gresham. You That's had a, it. a clean Nobody shot. Nobody else. Clean shot. Pop right into your pocket. Clean shot, and I got it in my pocket, and I'm going to score. Right? Nah. Gresham caught me from behind, flipped me over. I landed on my back. The ball flew up in the air, but we recovered it. And that, so we did that. We did that on the show. But, uh, you know, the, the, just the effort that we that they put in that, Guys like that, ham and, 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 and as we I mean, just to reminisce about that particular show as 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 you know, as I was talking about what a great Hall of Famer Jack Ham was and all that, and you know Jack Ham's on the line, yeah. and I'm like, well, we have his caller Steve from from Altamont Springs, and um, he he didn't know it was going to be yeah. Steve, and um, Steve Steve says something like, yeah, I'm listening to what a, what a, how great this guy Jack Ham is. All I want to know is how come you didn't block Gresham when I had a chance to score a touchdown? <laughs> My only chance to score a touchdown in college. Glory. <laughs> and you didn't make your block. Oh, that was it. My only shot at uh, infamy, right? Uh, but what a what a player. I mean, he was just an incredible player. Can you share a little bit about what was Coach Joe Paterno like and, and what was he like to play for? Um, I... I, I, just opening, what you saw is what you got. That's you gotta love that. He 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 was. I'm I'm as grateful as anybody could ever be to play, have had the opportunity to play for him, play at Penn State, and uh, uh, he is. He was everything you saw. 
and of course, uh, you have Steve Prue is, is good friends with our friend Mike McBath as well. Okay. Of course, Mike McBath played for Paterna at Penn State yeah. a little bit before Steve. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the things I think that, that that just the casual fan, if you will, or didn't necessarily come across in the media, because, um, you know, with the media, Coach Paterno kind of had kind of this playful, kind of a lovable curmudgeon kind of, kind of a, you know, persona. But from what I understand from behind the scenes, he was very much the, the authoritarian taskmaster. Yep. No, no question about yeah. it. He, uh, and, and. I mean, he worked you guys hard. Oh, he did. He did. The, the practices were, um, it, 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 I guess I can tell this one. Joe's listening, but I'll tell it anyhow. Um, I, I just, when we were practicing, you just, you either did it right or you yeah. got out. Yeah, I like you know, that. It just, you, you, it, that's the way it was. You, and and he, he, it took me a while to get to the point where I, I didn't question what I was thinking of doing in practice, I just went and did it because that's where the, that's what I was supposed to do in the practice, and it took me, it took me three years to start, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm as grateful as, yeah, I can be, uh, for for learning the lessons that I learned from Joe, and uh, and, and and executing them, and being able to play, at the start it was just. Uh, and, great experience. And played during a great era. You know, you guys went seven and three your your senior year, but then you were eleven and zero your junior year. And if I'm not mistaken, eleven and zero your your uh, sophomore yeah. year, and played in two Orange Bowls, yeah. victories over Kansas and over Missouri. Yeah. Can I ask Steve a quick question? Sure. You said you would lift, and you would you were by yourself. You would yeah. go do that. What was pushing? There's going to be a lot of younger people listening sure. to this episode because of the basketball. Sure. What was pushing you? Like what drove you that made you go put that extra time in by yourself when other guys, you know, weren't? Um, I, Just to start? Yeah, I, no, it... I, 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 yeah. I, 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 I was going to do everything I could to play. And, uh, and that's why I did that. That's why I went and, and did those workouts you know, after a two a day, yeah, and uh, and have that opportunity. I didn't, you know, I just, I basically snuck out to, yeah, uh, to go work out. Yeah. No, I love that. Even tell the other players. players. Yeah, yeah. No, those, are, those are the <laughs> yeah. stories that a lot of these, yeah. you know, kids today need to hear. They think, you know, the team practice and what you're doing like is enough. You know, it's not like not if you want to even just be a starter or be great. It takes yeah. way more than that. Yeah. So that's and, why I asked. And one more thing to that point, Brian, to your point, and this is a mistake I made, I think probably my whole playing career, unfortunately, and I learned it didn't have to be that way afterwards, was, you, you know, you think you're, you think you're where you are now is, is as good as you could ever be. You could, well, I'm, I'm a little bit above average. That's what I am. I'm not the most talented guy on the team. I'm not the second most talented guy. I, I'm kind of an above average player. Well, you can make yourself better than that. Sure. You, you can take it like like Steve's example. You can take your own initiative and do things to make yourself better to Im- improve your talent. And um, and that's one thing I think is it was lost on me for for a long time. And I think it's lost on a lot of people too. And and this story illustrates that what each individual guy, yeah. if you really have the drive and the determination, Doesn't matter what error, it's the same yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, it is it same is story. Bet. 
and one that. more thing I'll say about Steve, because with his radio, um, Steve's not the biggest guy in the world. I mean, if, in fact, if you saw him, you would be surprised that he was a starting <laughs> defensive end at Penn State. I mean, we were about 6'1", 190, something like that. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I, I got up to 205. That was my with your pads. biggest weight. <laughs> and, uh, and that was with a, an enormous breakfast before the game. I, I just, that was about as high as I got. And then uh, I got maybe just a little bit heavier than that. And then uh, when I did, uh, when I was done playing and I, I went and uh, worked with, uh, with Coach Goldsmith, she was, I had, there I am with Arthur Jones's equipment and all that. And, and, and I ran into Jim Flanagan who uh, ended up, uh, he and I got to be real good friends and he, uh, we got talking one day and he said, uh, he said, you uh, working out? I said, yeah. He said, uh, how many times a week? I said, five. Why? I said, what I that's was taught. Question, that's, that's what question. I was taught. What's your why? And uh, and uh, he said, "I'll tell you what. Uh, let's do this. You take two weeks off. How you know? How, when was the last time you worked out? What did you about? Take two weeks off. Come on over. And he has all the equipment in this house. And uh, so I went walked in, and and there it is, all the Nautilus equipment and uh, that you need, and." Uh, he said, we're going to do, I said, okay, what are we going to do? He said, well, we'll do one set with each body part that we're going to work today. I said, one set. That's it? Hey. He said, don't worry. And then <laughs> sure enough, we it. did that workout, and it was brutal. It was brutal. High intensity, focus, and, uh, and, and take the exercises to failure. And then take some time and recover. Uh-huh. So Jim was a major factor in that, and obviously that's how I met Roger through through Jim. Uh, it was uh, it, it was just a great just a great experience. Yeah. Well, thank you, Steve Prue, for joining us this year about it, friends. That's going to be it for our show today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you have a great day. Uh, checking out from the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.